Swanson to first. Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back to back. It is another edition of For Future Considerations, episode number 115. And the boys are all here, Manny, yours truly, with John Rashad and Matt Dumichel. Look at these beauties. Well, you can't see them, but I can see them. Oh, my goodness. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good, Manny. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> that was a long pause there, boys. I, I saw I saw Rashad about to say something and then hold on, so I just waited him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a game of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Uh, what's going on, fellas? Not much. What's going on with you guys? Big week this week. It's opening week. It's opening week, and I made some money from my March Madness pool. Nice. Did yeah. you have Kansas? No. I had oh. Duke beating Kansas. Ah, okay. In the final. Um, but I won my March Madness pool because oh. my teams went fairly far. How did yeah. you do in yours? Uh, I finished... 12th, I want to say, out of 40, which isn't the worst. Um, it got down to the wire with us as well. So there was a, a young woman that uh, works at our company named Erin, um, and uh, she was hanging in there uh, all along, and she was the only one in our pool that had Kansas winning. So she was in fourth place uh, going into the final game. Uh, prizes for the top three uh, winners or the top three in the standings for gift cards that we were giving away. Right. And uh, so Kansas wins. She gets in and wins the thing. Kansas loses. She doesn't get anything. And uh, she said she stayed up and watched the game. She almost turned it off and went to bed when it was uh, North Carolina by 16. But uh, she knew Kansas City had a deep bench and hung in there and is being rewarded uh, plentifully by praise and glory from our company and a gift card and uh, the shame and ridicule she gets to pass along to everybody else, no matter what, for the rest of the year. Is she giving it to you right now? Uh, no, no. She's actually, um, uh, she's also a, a supervisor. So uh, suggested that we form an alliance and that we just mock the people that work for us. So <laughs> she's been good about that so far. <laughs> that's hilarious i am also good i did not do well in my pool at all i was eliminated almost right off the bat but i'm in a good mood because the owen sound attack have clinched the playoffs we're not playing london in the first round in all likelihood so i have a good feeling i'm excited for the playoffs wow if you were to put an honest percentage on your value per win for the team, what what would you set your own value for for what you do for that team on on their reason for success this year? Oh, like you're hmm. thinking seventy three? 
Is that is that a little too low or? I think it's about right. You know, okay. they, they look up, they want encouragement. They see go attack, go on the mm-hmm. screen or they, mm-hmm. they watch their replay after they've scored a great goal or I motivate the goalie by putting up great save after they make a great save. You know, I've seen Cedric Gandon post on Twitter that he, re- he gets really amped up when he sees whose birthday it is. And, and he's having a great year. So you're, right. you're putting the birthdays up there. He's like, man, it's, I can't believe it's it's John's birthday. Let's, let's have him go. I got a score for John Rashad. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. So when, when does Owen Sound meet Windsor? When that happens in the playoffs, we're going to have a shaker of all shakers. Oh, my. Are we ever? <laughs> That sounds good. Oh, I got to tell you too, Cubby. I mean, Cubby's the same person every year because Cubby's a real bear. But Cubby has (laughs) (laughs) Cubby has uh, really good dance moves this year, and Cubby acts out the lyrics to songs. Wow! Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, what was your percentage claim to victory, and what's Cubby's percentage (laughs) claim to victory? (laughs) Oh yeah, true. Yeah, well. Yeah, I guess Cubby's got 17% if I've got 73, right? Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or 20, 27, sorry. No, he can't have the rest of the 17. No. <laughs> you got to give Hish 1% or 2% of that. Right. No, that's true. Coaches yeah. get 5%. Players get 5%. Right? <laughs> that's right. Cubby gets 17, and you get you know, 73. You know, I'm going to say it. In this whole picture, Cubby is a little overrated. I'm not sure that Cubby is really bringing everything that we need him to bring, like the rest of us. What? Speak off topic. What's the best mascot you've ever seen? What's the best mascot in sports? Ooh, Since man. we're talking about Cubby, man, are you going all sports? All sports, like the Philly fanatic. Uh, I do love fanatic. Yuppie? I like Yuppie. Yeah, Yuppie was good. You know what? I was at a Toledo Mud Hens game once, and they were doing a run around the bases with the Mud Hens, and they had Kitty Purry, and I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a mascot, Kitty yeah, Purry? Instead of Katy Perry? She was Kitty Purry, and there were a couple of other ones that were fairly, uh, fairly similar to that. It was pretty good. I think the minor <laughs> league mascots are probably – Insane, like you. I know you posted Manny not that long ago the Savannah Bananas and and what they do on a regular basis there. Uh, that's uh, that's a circus with a baseball game that just just happened to happen. And uh, the, the minor league mascots, I bet, get away with a ton of stuff and have some great stories too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. The uh, do you want to go to a Savannah Bananas game to see those antics? I. Do, but I. It's also sometimes a little too much for me as yeah. a bit of a baseball purist. Totally got it. Yeah, I, yeah totally I, got it. I love what they're doing, and Jesse Cole, who is their president um, or general manager, or maybe both, um, unbelievable uh, speaker. Uh, I read his book. He wears the yellow tux at every game. Uh, it's it's his it's his thing. It's how he's known. Um, super motivational guy. Team first, fans first experience. I think fans first is actually the name of his company. Just a brilliant, brilliant guy. 
uh, and he's really taken this this whole thing on. And if you ever first, uh, I think first time maybe a book recommendation on on this show. Um, what is your? I forget what it's called, but it's got yellow tux in the name of it. It's on my shelf over there somewhere. But it's um, kind of it's kind of like Rashad when he wears the orange tux at attack games, right? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just gets up there hat. and just watch the center ice, and, and everybody's fired up to begin with. Well, we shared the Savannah Bananas latest antics on our social media, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, for future considerations on Facebook. And if you want to join the debate about the best mascot in sports, send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com. Yeah, we want to say a big thanks to uh, John Reichel, who joined us last week for the OT. No OT this week. Manny and I are going to be drunk at the Tiger game. But that was episode 114. If you have not listened yet, John operates the Ghost of Ernie Twitter account, uh, which is a must-follow for Detroit Tigers fans or, or any baseball fan, really, that loves the, the old footage and nostalgia of this great game. So uh, speaking of your drunken antics, how excited are you guys for the home opener? Oh, man. You know what? I've I've said some horrible things about the game of baseball <laughs> in the last 114 episodes. I'm so excited. I'm so <laughs> excited to go to see the, the this team, the excitement around this team, uh, just being in Detroit for opening day again. The weather sounds just awful. It's going to be great. What a, what a great day it's going to be. It's going to be five degrees. Five degrees with a little bit of rain. With rain. But we're going to be in a parking garage at nine in the morning <laughs> for, for drinking water. I mean, Bud Light. <laughs> And <laughs> and then at 105, we're taking our shirts off so we can be on TV. <laughs> and we're going to spell out, go attack, go. <laughs> oh, we get a one-day mulligan for talking trash about baseball. We get a one-day mulligan yep. to enjoy the season and home opener for the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. The only thing that's disappointing is Riley Green won't be in the lineup because he's injured. But Spencer Torkelson. Torque's going to be there. I think we're going with a group of four. I think we're all getting a Torque jersey. We're you know, all. I'm going to say this, and this is going to be uh, controversial um, for sure. I bet you the store doesn't have all the jerseys yet. Ooh. I bet you they don't have uh, all of the, the – the, well, they certainly won't have Austin Meadows. Who no, we just got traded. Right up there. But I, I bet you they're going to have just the jerseys. I'm going T-shirt jersey for the purchase, by the way. I don't get into the whole jerseys for like $115, bucks, um, and they're not going to have them, I don't think. Okay. So T-shirt jerseys, they probably won't have. Yeah. But jersey jerseys, I think they will have. Yeah. Oh, are you shit. in? On, are you in on this bet, John? Sure. Um, who am I going to sure. go? Sure. Spencer Torkelson. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> whoever, whoever, it's the game-winning RBI. Yeah, I'm getting their T-shirt jersey. <laughs> I'm going to go to the clearance aisle and see if they still have any Rajay Davis T-shirt jerseys because I would still wear that shit around. Victor Reyes. <laughs> is never going to be more prouder than me wearing his T-shirt oh, jersey after he drives in the winning round. And you know what? There's still going to be some Carlos Guillen ones in there. Oh, 
probably <laughs> Delman Young. Oh, oh, there he is. D.Y. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, and, and you know what? I, I I'd love to get an Akil Badu t-shirt jersey and do that. I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure how much longer this guy's got. Is this? Oh man! He, what do you mean Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday he was lit, lighting up the Yankees. He's gonna be great. He's sick. He's sick. This he's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna say over. On 92 and a half wins for the Tigers. Whoa. I got the teams mixed up. I got the teams mixed up for, for what we're doing here. I know Rashad's going to talk about that. So yeah. get us back on the rails, John. Get us back on the rails. It's opening well, day. Yeah, let's, let's go to the listener mailbag, which does start with Major League Baseball. Yes. Guerrero turns on one, hits it to deep left field, and gone. Right on out of the ballpark. For his second home run of the game. The Dodgers and Blue Jays are heading into the regular season as World Series favorites, followed by the Astros, White Sox, Yankees, and Braves. So we've had a few questions from listeners about this. What are your World Series predictions? The Detroit Tigers. Do you, do you think Matt's amped up for the regular season or what? Go get them, Tigers! <laughs> Eat them up. <laughs> oh my god you know about tigers guy if they lose like 11 to 1 you got to text me a picture of matt and how he gets angrier and angrier as the innings go on yeah. we're gonna have to figure out whatever this ends up being this is either gonna be um like a shot per run scored or shot per run against or whatever we're gonna do but at some point i mean it's gonna be erod and lucas giolito so i mean if I'm a bet man, I sure as hell ain't taking the Tigers. <laughs> they'll win, they'll win the, the, the other 161. A shot for every hit in the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be cold. I might take that. I might take that. We'll be under the seats by the third <laughs> inning. <laughs> I thought that was still at the garage. <laughs> We're going to make a fungo, weren't we? <laughs> oh, man. oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Guys, let's be reasonable here. They don't they laugh like this on Sports Center. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man. World Series predictions. Uh, like the Dodgers, it's so, it's so stupid. Like, you're, if, if you don't pick the Dodgers, you're picking somebody else just to not pick the Dodgers. Really? That's basically what it is. Right. Um, American League to me is interesting because I do like the Blue Jays. Um, if you talk to one of our good friends, uh, a fan of the show, Zach Scribner, they're not done. They're getting uh, Jose Ramirez to play second base. Uh, they're getting uh, Lou Gehrig uh, to play in the outfield. <laughs> uh, I think Cy Young is getting dug up and, uh, and he's going to be starting opening day. Uh, so the Jays aren't done building on, on what they've got. Um, I still I don't trust the pitching um but but in the american league like i don't really like houston i think the yankees are extraordinarily overrated right now um i also think boston's extraordinarily overrated right now so i don't really if, if you can say it i don't really like anybody in the american league um but i think the team that would make a move that would have the money to do so that has a great looking team that probably has the least amount of risk uh, would be the Chicago White Sox. 
Yeah, see, and I, I don't know if I like the White Sox pitching staff. Uh, John, go ahead. No, I'm not crazy about it either, but. Yeah, I was going to say I, I would pick for my World Series, I would pick the White Sox and the Dodgers just because the White Sox won their division by so many games last season. And, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm a little – I'm always – you know me. I'm always a little pessimistic about the Blue Jays. I have a hard time always putting together hitting and pitching at the same time. So um, I'm going to say the Jays and the White Sox are going to battle it out for the American League, and then I think obviously the Dodgers are going to walk away with it in the National League. But you make a good point there, Rashad, when you're talking about the divisions too. And there's there's the extra wild card team now in in every league. Uh, you know that that central division. Um, not fantastic in the American League for sure. Cleveland's not very good. I don't buy Minnesota. Everybody's liking Kansas City right now. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it, it, reality, I, if the Tigers are a 500 team or, or better this year, that would meet my expectations for where they would be. So you're going to get, hopefully, a lot of interdivision wins. Um, and they should be, or I would suggest even of the, of the different divisions there are in the, in the, in the league, other than the Dodgers, they probably have the most likely uh, pennant winning team or the division. So yeah, I mean, that makes sense, but I also who else in the national league, if you can't pick the Dodgers, who are you picking? Well, right. Like, uh, like let's be honest, the white Sox have the clearest path to a division victory than any team in baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. For and sure. Even the Dodgers don't have it as easy as the White Sox, if we're yeah. being honest here. So, you know, I I just don't know if the White Sox staff could hold up. They're great offensively. I love Eloy Jimenez, love Luis Robert, right? I just don't know if their pitching staff can hold up. Now, I like Seattle more than I like Houston. Um, but I do the J Rod train. But I do think it's the Blue Jays that that will win the American League, and I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be the MVP. I I'm really on that bandwagon. I don't think Otani can duplicate what he did, both with his bat and his arm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a greater chance that Vlad can do that with his bat. And so I, I think there's there's the path to victory for the Blue Jays in the American League. I'm not as pessimistic as Matt is about the Yankees and the Red Sox, but I don't think they're world beaters either. And I think the Blue Jays roster is a lot better than the Yankees, especially their pitching staff. I know Nate Pearson is hurt to start the year for Toronto, but they still have guys in the bullpen who can be starters if Toronto's starters go down or falter. You mentioned the National League, Matt. Like, I'm not a fan of the Padres, especially even though they keep getting arms. Like, they just made a deal for Sean Manaya with Oakland. But I think they have eight starting pitchers from Hugh Darvish to Mike Clevenger to, um, you know, to the other arms that they have on that roster. But are they going to play a full season? Because right now... Um, they've had a lot of injuries in that starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like the Brewers. Yeah. But do I like them more than the Dodgers? No. The Mets, you know, what about their arms? What about the money they're spending? Well, their guys are hurt to yeah. start the year. Yeah. I think the team in the National League that I like the most 
also being a team that at the trade deadline is willing to do something and get something. I, I really think my dark horse in the National League this year is going to be the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I think they've got a, a good-looking, young pitching staff. They're, they're ready to make the move. They've they've acquired some guys in the offseason to fill a few holes. Um, I thought they were there at the end last year. In If this year was last year and there was the extra playoff team, uh, they'd have been right there, if not uh, making it into that picture. But of, of any team in, in baseball, for me, that's not really getting a ton of press um, I think the Philadelphia Phillies could really make some noise. Yeah, I think they've helped Bryce Harper and solidified him with that lineup, right? By adding... Um, well, they get Nick Castellanos. Right, and then they added uh, the bat, Kyle Schwarber, yep. right? And JT Realmutu, if he can stay healthy, he's a heck of a hitter. So, you know, I, I think there's some... Positives there. Zach Wheeler's a pretty good arm. Mm-hmm. Aaron right. Nola's very good. So and even uh, what's his name? That uh, that there's that Eflin kid. Yeah. And then don't they have the guy that gets hurt all the time? Or there's a there's a guy that uh, that they've got in their rotation that that gets banged up every once in a while. Maybe it was one of the older guys. Maybe maybe he's gone. But um, no, I I think the Phillies are are a pretty decent team. Yeah, I I really like their offense. Um, and I think if their arms can stay healthy, that's a really good sign for them. Okay, let's play the over-under game on our favorite teams. The line for the Blue Jays is 92.5 for wins. Are you guys over or under? I'm going over. Uh, you, you guys heard me just say, I, I think Vlad's going to have an MVP season. I like their starting pitching. You know, everything comes down to their bullpen but they've made some moves to try to improve that bullpen. So I'm going over 92 and a half for the Jays. I'm going to go under slightly. I'm going to say around 89 to 90 wins. It's his team, <laughs> and he still doesn't believe in them. This guy. <laughs> hey, if I said over, you guys would be wondering what was wrong with me. You'd think I was sick or something. Unbelievable. If there's so, any I- a season to do it, John, it'd be this season. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I've been I've been hurt before by this team. Last year, for context, before. just to, just to paint a picture, last year for context, the Blue Jays won ninety one games and finished fourth in that division. Are they a game and a half better than they were last year? I think they're quite a bit better. Um, will that translate, or where are they going to pull their wins from? Tampa Bay's not going to win 100 games this year. Um, I Again, I, I don't speak highly of these teams, and I, I won't. The, the Red Sox win 92 games next year. Eh. The Yankees win 92 games last year. Eh. So I think there's some wins there to pull for sure. Uh, I would say over. I would I would be pretty comfortable with saying I would take 95, 96. The other thing too, you mentioned the 91 win season last year. They played in three different home ballparks. Yep, Dunedin, <clears throat> Buffalo, and Toronto. They now have a full season in Toronto. Everyone is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Players in the states who are not vaccinated will not be able to play with their team in Toronto. And not many people are talking about this. Aaron Judge is not vaccinated mm-hmm. as of right now. So is he going to miss every single game in Toronto for the Yankees? 
How big of a miss will that be in the Yankees lineup? Come on the jump on the wagon, Rashad. It's your team after all. Well, how do I have to tell you to cheer for the Blue Jays? <laughs> let's, get, let's get to the next team here. <laughs> all right. Your Detroit Tigers, the over-under win total is 77.5. Are you taking over or under? Hard over. 90 win season this year. <laughs> Look, if if everything, and I'm talking everything goes right for the Detroit Tigers this year, I do not think it is ridiculous to think that they could be a wild card team this year. I think they have a really good-looking lineup and some key spots where they improved. Look, Jonathan Scope, who the Tigers signed a couple years ago uh, to be their second baseman, when they signed him, he was their second-best hitter for sure if you look at this team now and the way that it projects when we're looking at july and august jonathan scope might be the sixth or seventh best hitter in this lineup you add erod you've got another year for casey mize you've got matt manning they as all have also done some work in the in the bullpen they go and get austin meadows which is a huge trade because huge. of any number of reasons. And the one that means more to me than anything as a Tiger fan is you lose Riley Green for six to eight weeks. They very well could have just gone with Victor Reyes. They could have plugged somebody else in there. They could have moved the outfield around. You could have seen guys that kind of play in different positions that get called up and basically fill that spot. Instead, they went out and traded a good prospect and a compensation pick for an all-star, for a 100-RBI guy, a left-handed bat in a left-handed hitting-friendly Comerica Park. They're not settling for this should be fine for now. This, to me, shows that this team is serious. I was disappointed it was Javier Baez and not Carlos Correa. For sure, and that that still stands, and we'll see how this all plays out. I've always been concerned that Chris Illich doesn't want to spend Daddy's money as much as Daddy wanted to. But if you can be slick and make trades like this, where you get a guy that's under control for three years, who you're really making this move to fill a spot, and then kick one of the other outfielders out and make them a fourth outfielder, that shows me that this team is willing to take that jump. So I think they've got the best manager in the American League. I'm taking well over 77 and a half. Or 70, what are we, 77 and a half. I'm taking yep. over for sure. Manny? You're not jumping in on this, John? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't John's know. Hearing, under. hearing you guys know I'm going to go over. I'll, I'll say over. Okay, so he's on the Tigers wagon at least. Okay. Maybe not the Jays wagon. A lot wagon. easier than the Blue Jays. Really? <laughs> I agree with Matt wholeheartedly. I think this is a team that wins over 77, and not just because I'm a Tigers fan. You know, the Austin Meadows deal, I'm glad Matt talked about it because this is a huge win, in my opinion, for the Detroit Tigers. Because not only – he's not a stopgap. When Riley Green comes back in June, Riley Meadows still will play the outfield. Yeah. And Riley Green will just join him in the outfield. It's not like he's going to replace Meadows because he is a 100 RBI guy. This guy's gotten MVP votes. This is how good this guy is. And let's be honest, Paredes 
was surplus for the Tigers because mm -hmm. of their other guys, their other young guys who are performing in AAA and because they got Baez. I, too, wanted Correa or someone else other than Baez, but he's with the team. I'm rolling with them. Here's the other thing that stands out for me. The Tigers had winning records against every single team in the American League except for the teams in our own division last year. And I don't think that's going to happen again. I think they will have winning records against Cleveland, against Kansas City. They won't be below 500 against those teams. Here's another stat. Detroit was awful last April. 8-19 and 19 last April. There's no way they get that kind of start to this year. They were also 40-51 and 51 in the first half of last season, 11 games below 500. I don't think that's going to happen again this year. I think this team finishes over 77. I think they finish over 80 wins. And for context as well, just in comparison, last year the Tigers won 77 games. Are they half a game better than they were? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and now let's talk about the World Cup. No, let's talk about baseball <laughs> and, and the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> Did you hear, Rashad? They're going to win the pennant. They're going to win the <laughs> Say it with me now. <laughs> what, you don't want to talk about soccer, Matt? <laughs> yeah, well, Matt goes to get a snack. snack. Let me know when... Uh... <laughs> Listen to this call. Listen to this call. Canada is going to the World Cup. One goal's good. Two goals are better. Canada taking those two steps forward to Qatar. That's pretty good. The highly anticipated draw was held last Friday. Canada has drawn into a group with Belgium, Morocco, and Croatia. Do you think they'll get out of the group? I think Canada gets out of that group, indeed. You know, Belgium was ranked number one in the world until the last world rankings came out just before the draw. They're still a really good club. It's a tough group for Canada because Croatia is still a pretty good soccer team. You can't take them for granted. However, in saying that, Croatia has a lot of older players, where Canada's young players and their depth, I think, put them over the mark. This is a battle for second place in this group. Belgium has number one wrapped up. It's a battle between Canada and Croatia for the number two spot and to get through to the next round. And I think Canada was so impressive, too, with um, their winning streak without one of their best players for a chunk of time. So I'm feeling good about Canada's chances. What about you, Matt? Am I still getting you a Canada soccer jersey, or what's going on? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look up anything about this? Uh, I looked up where Morocco was, and it is beautiful there. Huh? What are they doing wasting their time playing soccer? Let's go sit out on the beach, maybe some some surfing? What are, what are they doing playing soccer? It's too hot. It's too hot. Just Just relax by the pool. Have a mojito. Enjoy yourself. It's like Morocco's going to finish at the bottom of this pool because of that. So I, I like their chances. Morocco's chances or Canada's chances? I like Canada's. <laughs> Belgium's good. Uh, Morocco, 
shouldn't be playing so they'll just be relaxing outside i thought he was gonna do the george bush thing belgium good morocco bad, morocco, morocco bad. <laughs> all right and what about portugal manny they're in a group with ghana uruguay and korea how do you like their chances this is the group of death there's not mm-hmm. a real true group of death in this tournament but if there is one this is the closest to it because well, Portugal's got Cristiano Ronaldo, but he is 37 years old. Uruguay's also got an older squad, but they have performed at the world level, and they have some pretty talented guys. Ghana is a pretty up-and-coming American soccer nation, uh, African soccer nation, excuse me. Uh, and the Ghana-Uruguay game is going to be huge because the last time these two teams or two countries played at the World Cup, Luis Suarez, a player, stopped the ball from going in the net with his hands. There was a penalty kick afterwards, and Ghana did not score on the penalty kick. And Ghana, everyone in Ghana, hates Uruguay for this. So when these two countries match up, this is going to be fantastic. South Korea, they beat Germany recently. So that's a nation that you can't take for granted. I think Portugal gets through, but I think this is a tougher group than people are giving them credit for. So suppose we get to a game between Canada and Portugal. Who do you cheer for, Manny? Oh, man. I just cheer for a really good matchup. I don't think that's going to happen until they get really deep, like semifinals. Right. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I, I hope both teams have fun. <laughs> I think I hope they play and nobody keeps score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on that. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. And now it's time for our play of the week, and it's a repeat winner this week. Muller floats it towards the net, redirected in front by Terry. Vamelka moves over, and they score on the lacrosse move! Segrist from behind the net. Vamelka trying to cover the bottom of the net, but he has no move for that. (laughs) Wow! Trevor Zegras of the Anaheim Ducks did the Michigan again, and just like when he did it the first time, he wins our play of the week. He's done it twice in the same year. Yeah. Smooth, too. Full stride. I have no idea what the Arizona goalie was doing on that. No, that was was a pretty bad net coverage for sure. Um, But what a great, great kid, a great talent. Um, you know, everything that was happening with uh, with his teammate Terry and uh, him coming out and speaking about that. Like, he's obviously not afraid to speak his mind. He's intelligent when he speaks. Um, I think the NHL has a, a massive superstar in this kid. A massive superstar that they need to promote, yeah. right? The NHL needs to do a better job of promoting its players. If not for Mo Sider, I think Zegras wins rookie of the year right yeah that was my point i think he's done pretty much everything to finish second in the rookie of the year award uh, voting this year 
to your Red Wings defenseman who has been <laughs> fabulous. Like I'm not even going to argue that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no. If you don't think he's rookie of the year, you haven't watched five minutes of Red Wings hockey this year. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And you saw that video on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, just like all kinds of videos from any sport around the world. You will see that again. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for the videos. On Monday, we put out the options for the four uh, finalists, and you are able to vote on whatever it is. If it's soccer, it's going to win. If it's the Canucks, it's going to win. But weeks like this, when it's kind of a free-for-all, you never know what's going to happen. So join (laughs) us and vote every Monday, and we will reveal the results on Wednesdays. And just before we move on, guys, what did you guys vote for? Because I voted for the uh, in the air, the return pass. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, Paul George pass. Yeah. yeah when he caught it and threw it back. That was pretty good play. Uh, I voted for Zegras just because I can't believe a hockey player can do that and keep the puck on his stick. Although I was really tempted to vote for Billy Hamilton's catch. Yeah, the Billy Hamilton catch is the one that, uh, that I voted for um, because to me, there's such a beauty to the perfect timing of that, not the standing at the fence and waiting for the ball to come and jumping. Like he paced himself on stride at the end and slowed down and was able to get his foot up on the fence and go up and get that. Billy Hamilton's a small dude. That that ain't Aaron Judge out there uh, trying to get over the fence. He's a he's a small dude with, with great speed, uh, and that was a great catch. That's always one of my favorite plays. When you can perfectly time your pace to hit the wall and climb it a little bit to make that catch right at that minute, that's that's a great play. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, we, those were all good plays. They were really we good were. plays. They yeah. were really good. And uh, now we had quite a uh, debate about the uh, broadcasters for the Arizona Coyotes about skilled play and physical play. Hooking in behind Tozinosh. And now Fowler, and now everything's going to happen here. And Jay Beagle grabs a hold of somebody. Oh, you knew that was going to start something, and I love it. Yeah, Beagle. Beagle's pounding somebody. Troy Terry. Yeah, Beagle caught him up high. Oh, man. And Beagle's going to fight someone else here. And Terry's hurt. Jay Beagle caught Troy Terry with a couple. Well, and that's the problem sometimes with these young players. You, you want to embarrass guys and you want to skill it up, you better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. We post the question on our social media feeds, but we also receive some questions from listeners like Dale and Collingwood and Brad and Alliston. Is there room in the game for skill and physical play? So this was about Jay Beagle jumping Troy Terry, mm-hmm. who was sticking up for Zegris who was digging for a loose puck from the goaltender in that same game where mm-hmm. Zegras scored the Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is there room in the game for skill and physical play? I think there has to be. I think you have to be able to do both of those things. And I think what the NHL and hockey in general needs to get rid of is the dumb shit, is the the hits to the head, the checks from behind, the slew foots, the blind side, this and that. I mean, that, you know, the sucker punches uh, with, with guys, uh, you know, that are grabbing onto the back of a jersey like we saw with Taylor Hall. Uh, that's what hockey needs to get rid of. That is not a skill play or a physical play. 
that's a stupid play, and that's what hockey needs to get rid of. I mean, you can't get rid of being physical in front of the net or being physical along the boards or, you know, being physical in the neutral zone, trying to get, to get pucks in and out of zones. Uh, you can't take that away because then we would just be watching 13, 12 all-star skills competitions every year. And, and that's not entertaining, but you, you can't play, keep playing the way that some players are building that reputation and the way that some games are going. You, you've got to find a healthy balance. You've got to start taking the dangerous stuff out of the game. People are always going to get hurt. It's a physical game and, and that's always going to happen, but you've got to take the dumb stuff, the un, the intentional unnecessary stuff out of hockey and, and it's going to be a better game. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. Um, it's also, it's become a better game in recent years too, but there's still a ways to go. You always see those plays and there, there seems to be one every couple of weeks now where you're just like, why? Why are we watching this kind of garbage again? And so, yeah, I agree with you. The NHL has got to get that balance right. And yeah, we don't want to see physicality removed from the game, but you want to see guys who consistently make stupid plays find their way out of the league. So there is totally a place in the game for both. And I think, you know, Dale and Brad, what they're getting to is what the commentator said in that clip that John played was if you try to show up a guy, if you try to skill up a guy, you're going to get punched in the face. I don't think that's right. Right? I'd rather take the skill over the punch in the face. However, in saying that, if you're digging for a puck, if you're digging for a puck and the goalie has it, if you're digging for the puck trying to get it loose from a goalie, you got to expect to get a shot. What I don't want to see is Jay Beagle beat on a selfless Troy Terry who didn't even have his gloves off. That's Bush League. And the commentator who was, who was defending that action by saying, if you're going to skill it up or whatever he said, you're going to get punched in the mouth or punched in the face. That's not right. Jay Beagle's got to understand who he's with and not try to pummel Troy Terry, who's not a fighter, who is only trying to stick up for his teammate who got checked from behind. That's got to get out of the game. Yeah. And further to your point, Manny, I mean, uh, there's there's definitely reparations for doing that. And you can't get rid of that because then it makes dan- the game dangerous on the other end. If if Troy Terry or Z- uh, Trevor Zegras is able to just bang away at the goaltender as long as they want and nothing happens to them, that's not fair either. Right. That That's right. absolutely something that if you're going to do, you know that this is going to happen and this is the consequence. If you flip your bat, and this has changed because now everybody flips their bat, right? but if you flip your bat and the other team doesn't like it, you have to go to the plate expecting something's going to end up in your ribcage. You, you just do. Those are the, the old school rules of, of the game, which I don't think need to be taken out. But you don't need, like you said, to just be grabbing defenseless people and hitting them in the head or hitting them on their head into the ice. That pitch that you're trying to throw to send a message doesn't need to be at somebody's head. It, it can you know, hit them in the leg or hit them in the butt or whatever, and, and the message gets sent and you've taken care of your business. But it's like John said, it's the, the ridiculous stuff after the whistle or the dirty plays that happen behind the eye. And this is the NHL we're talking about, right? 
filter this down a little bit. Filter, you know, to, to just, you know, for conversation's sake, the GOJHL and junior B hockey when these kids are 16 to 21 and they're not playing for millions of dollars and there's not millions of dollars on the line and revenues and all this stuff. I mean, these kids are just, you know, they're just playing hockey with their buddies for the most part, trying to get a scholarship out of it, maybe get a, a chance to move up. They do, we don't need people running around like idiots grabbing guys and pulling guys from behind and punching them in the back of the head and, and all that stuff. There's there's no room for, for any of that in this game at any level. The Philadelphia Flyers did something interesting on the weekend. They benched Keith Yandel, ending his Ironman streak at 989 games, 11 shy of 1,000. Guys, do you think the Flyers should have continued to let him play and keep that streak alive? Yeah, a thousand percent. Like... I understand that your team sucks and you want to get some younger guys into the lineup, but you do dress six, seven defensemen each game. You trying to tell me that you're going to dress six or seven youngsters just to get a look at them? No. Keith Yandel's got a spot on one of those six or seven to keep his streak alive. He's probably going to retire at the end of the season. I think this is Bush Lake. Terrible look on the Flyers. I agree. This this type of thing is why I hated coaches like Mike Keenan, who would do garbage like this just to be a jerk. And what does this do to the other guys in the dressing room? I think it probably turns players against your coaches. Like, what a what a nonsensical, stupid thing to do. I, I, it boggles my mind that this happened. Doesn't this smell, speaking of coaches, doesn't this smell like the Babcock-Spezza thing, where he wouldn't yeah. play Spezza in, against Ottawa? Yeah. My only take on this is I don't know why a thousand is a mark for anything. He's already the record holder. A thousand is a round number, which I'm sure would be nice to get to. But if Philadelphia is trying to rebuild, if they need to see what they've got in the system with some of these guys, because they're trying, to, you're you're scratching a guy with a one goal and fifteen points in sixty-seven games on a team that's not making the playoffs and probably not making the playoffs next year. He's already the, the all-time record holder for the active game streak. Everybody talks about a 1,000, but a 1,000 doesn't mean anything. He's already the record holder at 989. I, I think it's a poor move if they did this without consulting with him and, and him being part of this decision. But I don't know why it's a thousand or a hundred or eleven games from a thousand or a thousand, a thousand. A thousand's got the record. He has the record. He broke the record. He's going to not play at some point. I don't know why it's such a big deal that he gets to a thousand. But I certainly don't like the fact that it's it's done just for the fact of not doing it. Look, I, I've read blogs on on whether it was right or whether it was wrong. There's there's an argument to be made because he's had a pretty poor season. And if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan and you want a better draft pick, keeping him in the lineup is probably a better option than taking him out of the lineup. I think there's also a place to be said for just having this be the end of this conversation. He's already got the record. He's already reached it. I don't think a thousand was ever something that he needed to do to actually impress anybody with that run. But I don't think it's about the number, though, Matt. It's it's not about a thousand games. He had a chance to extend his Ironman streak because he's healthy. 
He could have played 999, whatever. It doesn't have to be 1,000, but they actually benched him. They made him a healthy scratch when he could have just continued the Ironman streak. You just made the point that it didn't matter if if he was in the lineup or not from a from a team perspective. And like I said, there are other spots on that roster to play younger guys. It just you you took the chance out of his hands to extend his streak. Doesn't even a thousand games doesn't mean much. And like I said about other players, I just looked it up. Kevin Hayes came out in a post-game scrum and said he disagreed with the decision. I think those are things that the players, it really, it pisses players off when they see coaches do that to their teammates. I, I, do you want to play for that coach now? Is it the coach's decision or is it the team's decision? That's what I mean. Who knows? Was, was Keith Yandel part of this conversation? Was it at some point, listen, Keith, we're going to have to end this thing. Keith Yandel has probably been playing with broken bones, and, and we don't we don't know if, if Keith Yandel's worn out and and needs a break. Nobody nobody knows. And and I bring it up the thousand because that's literally in the question that we ask. Eleven <laughs> yeah. guy yeah. of a thousand. A thousand doesn't matter. He's already the record holder. If you're the Philadelphia Flyers as an organization and as a team that is trying to rebuild and as a team that is is looking at their prospects or, or trying to decide what their future looks like, I don't think you're, you necessarily have to cater to Keith Yandel because Keith Yandel has played a lot of games in a row. Right or wrong, if, if the players don't like it, if he wasn't informed and, and wasn't part of the decision, I don't really love that. But I also don't think it's the Flyers' responsibility to keep playing this guy just because he's played 989 games in a row. You're not going anywhere. Just play him. You get, they're not going anywhere. What's the point of playing him? <laughs> I, will, uh, I will say, I just looked up one stat. He is a minus 41 this season, so I guess that... Take a look at the rest of the minuses on that team, though. Yeah, true. true. It, it's awful. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have a few questions to get to, starting with a couple from March Madness in the NCAA tournament. Jason in London wants to know if Coach K should coach after losing to rival North Carolina in the Final Four. Yeah! <laughs> you're going to be... You're, you're Duke! You're going to be good next year! He's already... The tournament's over. They're already number one in the... In the, the first uh, way too early conference rankings in, in college basketball. He should come out of retirement? Yes. No, he shouldn't. He, you, you're Coach K. You have got 1,202 wins, 13 Final Four appearances, and five titles. And your last game, you lost to your biggest rival in the first time you've ever played them in the tournament. That is a job unfinished if I'm Coach K and I'm anyone associated with Duke University. This is not over. I don't care what Coach K says. I'm literally going to take him from his house and tie him to the chair and put him on the scorecard next year 
because he's going to have a good team next year. He's going to have a chance to go for a run, and you you have you can't lose to North Carolina and then in the final four and then just say, well, that was fun, guys. Uh, really, really ended on a Cinderella high note. That's terrible. What's his legacy? What read that stat line again for him? What does he have? He has 1202 college basketball wins. How many losses? He's been in the final cares. He's been in the final <laughs> four 13 times. He's got five titles and five he's titles. all in one against the North Carolina Tar Heels in March Madness. Unacceptable if I'm a Duke fan. 1,202 wins, 368 losses, by the way, a winning percentage of 766. There are no guarantees in life. The only guarantees, death and taxes, right? What happens if you don't make the final four next year? What's your legacy then? You lost to North Carolina. You came back to try to beat them, and you didn't even make it to the Final Four. That looks way worse. If you go and lose to North Carolina in the Final Four, and next year you lose in the Elite Eight to St. Paul Catholic District High School, that is a acceptable loss. No, it's not. Losing to North Carolina. No, no, it's not. You know what no, I love about you two? You two have completely reversed your decisions on the previous question. So Matt says, Keith Yandel, you can't get all sentimental. You can't keep the guy playing extra games just to get a higher number. And then he says the coach should come back next year to avenge one loss. This this isn't this isn't about sensitivity. This isn't about feeling good about yourself. The Duke Blue Devils only have to beat one team. All year for it to be a success. What about if they lose again? Then you gotta come back. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm here's it. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with Coach K coming back and playing North Carolina in in a tournament. You beat him in the tournament. You walk off the floor. You don't ever talk to anybody again. You leave. <laughs> you leave your career beating North Carolina. You cannot. You cannot walk away from this and go home and and have your wife and your children and garden and and go golfing and go sit in the in Myrtle Beach with your high socks and your sandals. Well, you can't do that after the last game you coached was a Final Four loss to North Carolina. He doesn't need to prove anything else. Seven sixty six winning percentage. 15 ACC championships. How many national championships again? Five. He's got the most championships for anybody that's not named John Wooden. And you know what John Wooden did? He beat his rivals. He took them out. He squashed them. He wrote books about how great it was beating all of these teams up and down the coast. And you know what Coach K gets to say? We beat five teams in the Final Four and national championships, and none of them were North Carolina. It was great beating Auburn. Oh, I don't know. Nobody even knows where Auburn is, Coach K. They've Everybody knows where North Carolina is, and you are 0-1 against North Carolina in March Madness. That is terrible. Next question, John Shop. This is <laughs> no, this is not the next question. He has the most wins of any college basketball coach in the history of the game. 
Are you forgetting that? Oh and one. Oh and one. Unacceptable. <laughs> this is asinine. <laughs> Well, we've taken the rapid out of rapid fire once again. <laughs> oh, was that rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys hear about this? I followed this story actually all week. Uh, Eric Church canceled his sold out 20,000 seat concert to watch North Carolina beat Duke in the final four. Now he's had to backpedal a little bit and he's got plans to host a free 5,000 seat concert to make up for it. What do you guys think about that? I love the drama about this. Everybody's losing their <laughs> shit over this. I absolutely love it. Hey, he can do what he wants. It's a free country. He's got enough money in the bank. If I want to go see the Tar Heels, my Tar Heels play and beat Coach K, which was a heck of a game, by the way. It was an it was instant a classic. I'm all for it. I think this is great. <laughs> Did you see all the people online and on the news who were pissed that they oh, had these non-refundable it. flights that they couldn't rebook and Somebody all this stuff? Somebody in Florida took time off, <laughs> lost their hotel deposit, lost their plane tickets. They had front row seats, too. <laughs> oh. what, what I think is is hilarious about this, in the times that we live in, and the ways that you could have gotten out of this, you actually just put it out there. Hey, Tar Heel, Tar Heel Nation, I'm with you. I can't do this show with <laughs> this basketball game happening. You're not going to get my best show. Eric Church, are you kidding me? This guy cancels on 20,000 people who and then comes back and says, I'll do a free show for a quarter of those people <laughs> that probably aren't even going to be able to get in with a free show. This is one of the biggest dick moves in entertainment history. It really this, is. This, unlike some stories in Hollywood, this is real. This is actually what this guy, this guy canceled a show to watch a basketball game. You think, what, imagine Eric Church sitting at home, strumming on his banjo, he pops on the TV one day, the ticker's going, Coach K is back. Coach K is coming back. What do you think Eric Church is thinking? Oh, give me that old man again. Give it to I'm, I'm going to sell all my Grammys. I want this guy again. Bring me back, Coach K. Do you know what would have been better if he called in sick, said he couldn't do the show, and then they showed him on TV at the game? That would have been great. At least he had the balls to say, I'm canceling because I'm going to the game. Yeah. I love the drama. <laughs> Can't perform. Or you show him screaming with some blood <laughs> on his shoulders in the fan section. Wait, is that Eric Church? Like the old Seinfeld episode with Elaine lies to her boss to go to the Yankee game. I make up one white lie and they put my picture in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He probably talked about that to a manager or a publicist. I'm just going to say I have COVID. And they're like, if you end up on that Jumbotron, your career is over. <laughs> so you've got to come clean. You know they're going to show him in the stands. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy looks like Eric Church with a paper bag on his head. <laughs> oh, I could have painted his face. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, Keith and Owen Sound wants to know, Manny, if you like the Philadelphia Eagles trade with New Orleans that involved eight draft picks. Great pick. So the uh, the Eagles gave up the 16th and the 19th first round picks. 
to get the 18th pick plus the first rounder next year, a second rounder in 2024, and a third rounder this year. This is amazing. They move two spots, basically, and they get all this next year when the quarterback class next year will be fantastic. So if Jalen Hurts stumbles, can't show up this year for the Eagles, the Eagles will have two draft picks in the first round next year to try to get a quarterback. And they still have two first-round picks this year. I'm all for it. I think this is a great deal for the Eagles. Yeah, and the Saints get a little bit of cap space here. They get to pick some guys earlier on that aren't going to be um, as much of a cap hit short term. they got to like somebody. They've got to like a couple of people in this draft, and they ob- absolutely have some holes uh, in this draft. There's also the lingering talk of what the compensation for Sean Payton is going to be, where they believe that there's a first-round pick that's coming and making that deal to get him out of there um, at some point whenever that happens. So Dallas next year. For, for the Saints, it's a little more short-term than it is long-term, but there's a lot of spots to fill on that team, and they've got to like somebody or a couple people that are in this draft yeah they may be going up to get a quarterback or they're trading ahead of san diego to get an offensive lineman because they lost an offensive lineman this year they lost malcolm jenkins uh a safety they lost marcus williams their other safety there's not a lot of depth at wide out there's there's a lot of holes there and so i think the and this the eagles getting the saints pick it could be a top 10 top 15 pick next year Mm -hmm. because I don't think the Saints will be very good. Ben Simmons of the Brooklyn Nets has filed a grievance with his former team, the Philadelphia 76ers, for $20 million in salary. Todd in Ottawa wants to know if we think he should get that money. Look, I've done some reading on Ben Simmons and his grievance and the issue that he has with the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I don't know the story. I don't know if he's been poorly taken care of or whatever it is. But the headlines in this story... Talk about him requesting a trade and being mad that he didn't get traded. There were comments made in Game 7. He's had a back issue. He then took a break for mental health. He's had his head coach and other players had him kicked out of practice and said in the media that he's a distraction. Uh, There doesn't seem like a whole lot in that list that the Philadelphia 76ers have really caused. So I I don't know. I don't think... There would be anything in there. Um, you know, Ben Simmons has gotten a raw deal as a basketball player and as an athlete throughout his career. And, and he was a guy that the Philadelphia 76ers were leaning on quite a bit. Now, no one's saying that the back issue was untreated or, or anything like that that I've read. Um, I've just read, other than you know him taking a break for his own mental health, um, that the times that he's been around this organization – He's been a distraction, and whether this is the Philadelphia 76ers not trading him in spite or whatever, I'm not sure that there's a financial number that you can put on that. So for $20 million, I don't think it comes close. Yeah, there's there's no way he should get paid back the full $20 million that he was fined by the 76ers. Look, you, we can be more forthcoming with this. His feelings were hurt that he was thrown under the bus after the 76ers lost to Atlanta in last year's playoffs. That's why he demanded a trade. 
And then when they started refusing or when they started fighting him, when he failed to interact with the team, he showed up. But then it went off the rails again and he backed away and then started saying he was struggling with mental health. You may have been struggling with mental health. You may have this back issue that Matt said, but is that worth $20 million? Hell no. There's no way he should win that grievance. Yeah, I agree with you guys. When you don't show up, you don't get paid. That's right? the way it should. If 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 it happened to one of us, right? When, and it, it's not like he said he was injured right away or that he was struggling with mental health right away. That was months after he demanded a trade and failed to interact with the team. And and take that even you know further to that to, to Rashad's point. If you don't show up, you don't get paid. When you do show up, it seems like from the outside looking in, you're not necessarily wanted. So you should get paid for that? I don't know. And it looks like Tiger Woods is going to play in the Masters. Are you guys excited about that? You know what I like about this story? Is this is a guy who was the best. The best in the world could be rung up and said one of the greatest, maybe top two greatest golfers of all time he didn't quit he didn't walk away after accidents uh, multiple accidents after news stories after everything else this is going to be the 30 for 30 of our lifetime if they do this right but he is a competitor he will not let this injury or other golfers take him down just like Coach K, he's coming back, and I think this is great for golf. I don't expect much from him, but if he can get through a full four rounds and be okay physically, I think that's a big, big deal and incredible that he's come back. This is huge for golf. Like, how many more millions of people will watch the Masters now that Tiger Woods is playing? Imagine if he makes the cut. How many people will be glued to their TVs on the weekend to watch Tiger at the Masters. You know what he's chasing? He's chasing Ben Hogan. He was injured in a car crash in 1949 and won the U.S. Open in 1950. Tiger Woods was injured in a car crash. When was that? February? And now he's trying to make a comeback now and trying to win a championship. Every time Tiger Woods will play, People will watch, and it's great for the game of golf. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And I picked a song from close to a dozen submissions for Pump It or Dump It. This song has been climbing the charts. This song is called Enemy by Imagine Dragons and J.I.D. Submitted by Heather and Kitchener. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. It's Heather, right? It's not, uh, we're not spinning this to, <laughs> we're not calling Kiefer Heather, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, he's already opening day. Kiefer's already submitted another song. So, oh, good. let's crank it all day on, uh, on Friday at the, at the home opener. Deal. I'm sure it's great.
Do you like uh, this song? No, I don't like this song. No. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised by Rashad because Rashad's a top forty guy. Yeah, and you like your Imagine Dragons. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm. You on the like the Imagine Dragons? It's okay. <laughs> don't you have an Imagine Imagine Dragon at home? <laughs> <laughs> to, to steal the words from John Rashad, this is a slight pump. <laughs> I know you refer to something as a dragon. <laughs> and is it imaginary, though? <laughs> I might be vegan, but I need to watch your meat. <laughs> Man, you can't breathe. He's laughing so hard. This one is a flush for me, boys. It's a dump. <laughs> I can't believe somebody used the word meat. <laughs> is that it? Are we done? Yes, yes, we're done. It <laughs> was an hour and a half rapid fire. Thanks for, for sticking around, everybody. <laughs> That's right. So, yes, that does do it for rapid fire in this debate episode. And um, it's good that it was a little bit long because we don't have an OT this week. So we gave you a little bit extra, I would say. Yeah, no OT this week because Manny's going to be doing shotgun, <laughs> shotgunning beers for every time somebody says, hit the ball, Joe. <laughs> What are we What are we doing? We're doing shots for every hit, right? I think we're doing shots for every hit. I think we're doing doubles for every Spencer Torkelson home run. Oh. And uh, and it's good. We got So let's let's talk let's let's just talk amongst us for a second here. <laughs> Kiefer's not a big drinker, is he? Oh yeah, he's going all out. He's the guy he's, okay. he's the guy who suggested we not wear shirts. <laughs> oh okay. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> and and our other buddy that's coming, he's not much of a drinker. Okay. I mean, you have started drinking for Already. this event, so yeah. that's good. That's good. And I, I'm going to go in real easy. I'm I'm on a very strict diet all week to just just be an absolute slob on Friday. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going a large pizza, the hot dog, the the cracker jack, and I'm going for the whole bin of of Bud Lights that that our beer guy uh, brings around. So I'm just just gonna glutton myself on Friday, and, and I don't know how we're gonna get home. <laughs> and we may not have a show next week either. <laughs> <laughs> it might take that long to recover. This may be the season finale. <laughs> Next week may also be the tell-all. So hang in there. You never know. Well, we'll do our best to try to be active on social media. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. For future considerations on Facebook. But we'll try to keep it clean. No pictures after 10. (laughs) A.M. And you can also send us your comments, questions, and topics by email at for future considerations. Oh, hey, just a second though. Um, are you guys where are you sitting? Are you going to be? Uh, do you have good enough seats that I can see you on TV, or are you guys uh, back away? Just look for the guys without shirts, man. <laughs> <laughs> if they've got a camera on the, in the Pepsi porch in right field, 
if you can see the Pepsi porch where, where Austin Meadows is going to put two dingers in the same inning, I'm going to predict, we'll, we'll be in there. We'll be in okay. the Pepsi porch area. Okay, because we were on TV when we were in Chicago. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we were. And yeah. if there was a rain delay, keep watching because there might be somebody working the bar. <laughs> <laughs> You might you might recognize him. <laughs> I'm, I'm suggesting for Manny full bodysuit streak third inning. <laughs> Give a new definition to the rally goose. <laughs> <laughs> the rally dragon. <laughs> Hey, our, our sponsors are great, aren't they? London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic, Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Oh, we got off the rails near the end, but I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on For Future Consideration. Let's go. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.